Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Zarar. I'm Gino. I'm Cheesy. I'm Chaba. Today's topic is WIP, which we all agree is bad. But why? Well, first of all, WIP stands for work in progress. And the more work in progress you have, the longer it will take for one of those things to actually get done. But there's an awful lot more to it than that, right? So another thing that is really important is when you're working on multiple things at the same time, eventually you will switch between those different tasks. And uh, there's a cost associated with uh, every single one of those switches. Uh, and the more, of course, that you switch, the less time becomes available to uh, do the actual work that will result in value for your customers. They actually measured the, this, this context switching in case of developers, and they found that for a developer to be fully productive in a, in a new code base or in a new uh, task, they need about 20 minutes. So this doesn't mean that the developer doesn't start coding or doesn't start making changes in that other code base when, when he or she switches, but to become fully productive that needs that 20 minutes. So there's actually a very, very uh, measurable cost there. Uh, I, I think in continuous delivery, things work the best whenever a developer can pick up some piece of work and deliver it all the way through till it's in production with the users uh, nonstop. Uh, WIP, uh, whenever you have a lot of work in progress, a lot of things assigned to one person to do, there tends to be a lot of stopping and starting. And so you, you miss that flow, you know, and, and it's not always easy to remember where did I leave something off or what state was it in. Also, there, there are a lot of other technical reasons why that tends to be bad. So imagine if I've, I'm trying to work on two or three different things uh, and how would I manage that in the source code repository, you know, on my local repository, you know, do I therefore shelf something or do I put something you know, in, in a branch, pulled off on a branch temporarily, or how do I keep those different changes uh, separate? And that creates more complexity and risk. So again, continuous delivery is greatly streamlined on many aspects. If I could pick something up, work on, all the way through until it's it's finished. As you are starting to work on a new story or a new task or whatever that might be, and you're keeping that in progress, and then basically the system underneath is changing already. So the longer the task stays open, the more that system changes. And the assumptions that you might have made at the beginning when you started with that task might no longer be the case by the time that you continue with it at a later stage, right? Which is one of the reasons why we want to keep that work in progress. First of all, the work in progress limited, but also the cycle time uh, limited, the time that we are working on a certain item. And that's what you were referring to, Cheesy. I like the analogy of a traffic jam where you have a lot of cars on the road and none of them are moving because there's gridlock. That's what WIP is to me. You have a lot of things in progress, which which seems efficient. So utilization is very high of whatever resource it is. In this example, it's the road, but nothing is actually getting done. And that's really the, the fundamental issue with WIP to me is that it gives you the illusion of efficiency through high utilization. People pull in tasks, people work on multiple things, look how busy I am. But what it does is it takes away slack from your system and you confuse utilization with efficiency. And I think having high whip just promotes that really bad idea. I just would like to add one one aspect while you guys were talking about uh, about multiple branches or, or, or changing multiple parts of the code. I, rem I, I remember when I was a developer, 
And and if if that situation happened and I felt that I would like to refactor something, and let's say I refactored uh, something as part of one of the tasks, when I was touching other part other parts of the code or something that was related but was different uh, user story, I found myself like, oh my God, I wish that that refactored code would would be in this branch or, or could benefit me because what I was doing. So, so, so in a way, I felt that uh, it's kind of frustration. And, and I'm not sure if other developers felt it before, but I could totally see that, that it, could, it could actually discourage uh, refactoring in, in, in some cases because we just want to focus, just get that, that job done and that kind of urgency, just get this thing done and then, and then switch and then get that thing done. And there is no real room to, to, to Zerar's point of, of that slag, of that moment of, of think a little bit about this current code base and how can I leave this code base in a, in a better shape. And, and it really uh, leads to trying to hold more things in your head at once. You know, I have to remember what is my customer asking for or what is the product person asking for? Uh, what is the state of the code? What other changes? And w- whenever we have more things in process, we have to keep more in our head and sometimes our head becomes leaky just, you know, and so whenever we think about the problems with managing the source code, the problems that, 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 that was alluded to from Hino around having to constantly potentially rebase your code base, uh, trying to keep the different ideas in our head and, 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 and so on. It, it just doesn't make that much sense at all. And ultimately, the outcome of all of this is that it leads to slower feedback, right? So uh, WIP is really bad because of all these technical complexities and challenges. But really what it does is it, it lengthens the time that we can put things in front of our customers. And uh, as a result, it reduces the, the opportunities for early feedback. I also find that it reduces handoff delays because usually when you're, you, you, we're all working in collaborative teams where we're depending on other people to do things. So as a team, we produce certain outputs and achieve certain outcomes. But w- when you are done your work, you're maybe dependent on somebody else to do their part. And if you have high whip, what that results in is that the person that you is going to work on your thing next is usually busy with something else. So even though you're done your part, now you are waiting for them to finish some other part before your part gets their attention. By having more idle resources in your system, by your system being more available, one piece of work can actually flow through the system a lot better. And that can only be achieved if you reduce your work in progress. So again, this counterintuitive process that high whip is efficiency is a fundamental reason why I think a lot of teams and organizations and companies really struggle. So, uh, you know, whip in terms of software uh, and, and things like that. But there's also whip that exists in terms of a product perspective as well. Yeah, you can, you can basically build a variety of different screens at the same time. That's work in progress as well, right? You, uh, you can build out an entire uh, design for a full application just to, to try to get it right. Uh, and you, you can't consume that uh, in, your, in your development process. WIP is actually uh, visible almost everywhere where you're, uh, where you're touching a computer. Um, you can even go as far as looking at your, the way that you read your email and, um, and having number of emails unread, that's, uh, that's work in progress as well because you still need to go through them, right? So you can, uh, you can drive that concept really far. And this is where where the whole concept of of full stack developers could, could could be brought in, I think, because if a developer could reduce those those number of of handoffs and then can can get that that feature out without those handoffs, 
then the 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 feedback can can come much sooner so so uh, i know that this doesn't address necessarily whip uh, of its own because a full stack developer could work on multiple things but at least in this case at least is uh, a fewer handoff this is just kind of what what reminded me what you said i'd like to layer another idea over this as well so we're talking about work in progress but i'd also like to mention experiment in progress uh often if we try to run too many experiments in production uh, simultaneously, it's really hard to narrow down the cause and effect. It's really hard to understand, is this change that I'm running in this experiment causing this outcome that I'm seeing, or is it one of the dozen other ones that I'm running? So somehow being able to narrow those down a little bit in a specific area of the application uh, works really well. And this kind of goes back to that idea that, that Zorar introduced, which is product whip. There's also a, a mathematical approach you can take if you want to try to convince somebody, uh, you know, who's, you know, more mathematically tuned. It, it's Little's law. It basically goes lead time equals whip divided by throughput. So again, this goes back to the counterintuitive nature of this is that if you actually reduce the amount of things you uh, work on simultaneously, whether it be from a product perspective or a code perspective or whatever it is, the, you will actually get things done faster, right? Because uh, WIP is in the numerator. So as that decreases, lead time decreases as well. So uh, certainly if you're a listener and want to want to learn more about this, check out Little's Law and its applications in, uh, in Kanban. Interesting phenomenon. And the question is, why organizations uh, run up WIP? You could explain this to people and, and yet there's still WIP still shows up and, and and i believe one of the one of the big big factors here of of what can we measure and and usually what happens is uh, things such as the people cost is something very very tangible and measurable and 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 this this kind of um, a human uh, a human tendency to try to extract as much as possible of that cost because that's your that's your biggest uh, that's your biggest factor for your organization and there are other costs call them actually wastes uh, and and the examples that we did is uh, is, is wait times is, is is context switching which ultimately lead to, to defects. We didn't even talk about the the, the impact on on whip on defects and and those are are much much harder to measure and uh, and that's why these these invisible wastes that show up due to due to whip it, it, it leads to organizations that pretty much inevitably uh, they are going to to run uh, with a higher whip. This concept of whip can be applied to a bunch of other non-software things at all. So for example, we often have meetings and we always want to minimize the meetings. And one way you can minimize it is as a team, you can actually say, I will only have one meeting outside our daily standup a day. And because you have introduced this constraint into your system, and if people respect it, they will actually change their behaviors and start doing more valuable things than meetings Another example might be retrospectives. We're used to having, you know, a wet retrospective every sprint or every iteration. Uh, sometimes what I've experimented with is that we have a whip limit on how many things we need to talk about as a team before we hold the retrospective right there. So if you have a whip limit of three on your improvements, as soon as, a, as, soon as three improvements are identified, you action them right away. That's because you don't want to wait till you have 10 improvements identified because at that point, chances are none of them are going to get done or the priority will get all jumbled up. So this idea of like limiting how many things you can work on is goes beyond just software. 
So personally, actually, I, I have a whip limit as well for reading books, for instance, right? Just to give another example of it, it goes beyond uh, software. I can focus on on a technical book and, uh, and and a book to clear my mind, but I can't focus on more than that. So uh, so for me, that kind of helps as well to ensure that I'm uh, I'm focusing on the right things. Uh, one interesting uh, whip. I, I read this article some uh, a while ago, and it talked about PIP, which is promises in progress. And, uh, and, uh, uh, the, the, actually the concept was fascinating as for me as a coach, it was, it was interesting at the time because I was making all these promises to, to, to people and, and I needed to follow up and I found that it was, it was quite overwhelming. And then I was talking to a product owner who had the same, same problem because, because, uh, she was, uh, pro- uh, promising many, many things to, to their stakeholders. Yeah. This, this concept is, is, goes, goes beyond just software. But I'm pretty sure everybody uh, had this at one point in their lives. And that concludes this edition of the Continuous Delivery Podcast. Goodbye.